Welcome to another episode of Metal Mastermind. That was kind of a weak death metal growl there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> co-founder and co-host here, Jason Stallworth, and uh, co-founder and co-host also, the great Ken Dillis. What's up, dude? <laughs> this is great. I'm so excited about this episode today because I think when we are talking about stuff like your legends and you know how do people become on the status of legendary or mythical i think it's a very uh you know almost like i don't know it's elusive things i i feel like people don't look at legends as people necessarily yeah it's, it's a great topic and guys that's what we're talking about today how how do you become a legend do you even want to but how do we define that now can you know we are gonna we are gonna share with folks how to become your own legend in your own life. So that's the important part. Cause you may look at the time like, well, I don't, I don't care about being a legend. That's not my thing or whatever, but I think in your own life, there's a way that I believe we all should become that legend. We should strive to that. We'll talk more about <laughs> what I mean by that. And we're going to get into how to adapt to change. It kind of rolls right into that because change is inevitable. Um, you know, that's really one of the core constants in life is change and how to adapt to those changes to become the best version of yourself. So, uh, Ken legends, dude. So before we get into what defines legends, like what's, what's one of your great legends, like legendary is it musicians, actor, like who would that be, dude? Uh, Dante Alighieri. <laughs> oh, Dante. Dante Alighieri. Uh, I mean, he's the author of Dante's Inferno. I mean, I mean, you know, Jay, I'm writing an entire album and story and world that's based upon the afterlife, and it's heavily inspired by Dante. So, yeah, I mean, talk about legendary. I mean, this guy has a story that's been going for more than, you know, like a thousand years. So, <laughs> Probably, yeah. you know, that's kind of that's kind of insane, you know, when you think about it. Um these uh old ancient stories homer of course because that's where the name homeric comes from um i love old stories i think there's just a universal um attractiveness to them that draws everybody closer to each other uh to learn more about humanity and what does it mean to be a good person and i think those types of qualities out of um you know things that are intangible like a story because it's an elusive thing. It's an idea. Um, I think those are very important. And that's why I think we give so much uh, credence to music because music is kind of like a way of decorating time, uh, so to speak, because you have this ability to um, associate, you know, either memories or personal experiences or, or you know, anything uh, with a moment in time when you heard a song, you know, uh, you, you know, a song can take you back to when you're a child and you had a memory with that, you know, just like, you know, if you smelled something, right? I think our sensory uh, senses are very keen on memory. And, uh, you know, what makes a memory are the things that, you know, you spend time with your family, you know, you create those memories and you uh, enjoy the things that blossom uh within those memories like music and art and all these you know you know maybe you go to a festival and you have a good time with your with your kids i mean those those types of things are important and you become a legend in your own kids eyes right um for doing that uh i think 
those are, are super important to consider. And being a legend is not always just the biggest and the baddest. It's it's also the things that matter to you too, right? Yeah, and I was going to ask you that, Ken. Like, like to someone who doesn't know anything about Dante, and I honestly, I know very little. I know of you know Dante, this whole world, but uh, of course, you you've dug deep into this. This is one of your passions. You've made a whole project based on it. Uh, but what would what would you say makes this person legendary to someone who has no clue who Dante is? Okay, well, so Dante, just to put it very simply, is the reason why we have any sort of imagery of hell and the inferno um mm-hmm. and okay. um i mean yeah it's cool now but uh back then i mean the church was using dante as a way to control the populace by scaring them into showing them what hell looks like so and i don't think dante necessarily intended for that to be the case i think he just <laughs> he wrote his story and you know people just used it as they would um, so Dante became a legend inadvertently um, because he was dealing with uh, political bureaucracy and, you know, the Inferno was his escape from all of that. I mean, he put people in hell that he didn't like and he published it, you know, <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> so people were very mad at Dante. Uh, Dante was actually someone who was uh, under house arrest for quite a while. Um, because, you know, they wanted to, uh, have him, you know, influence people and he was influencing people with his, with his works. So it's interesting. It's interesting to me, uh, the repercussions of Dante's actions and how through time we've used Dante's stories as a way to guide people on what is good and what is bad and the moral stance of a human. So, um, yeah, I mean, (laughs) for someone who hasn't read uh, or, you know, anybody who hasn't interacted with anything by Dante Alighieri, uh, Alighieri really became the definitive uh, person in uh, Western literature from Italy. Um, he was the Italian great poet uh, that inspired so many concepts of uh the underworld so he's he, he's very important and that's that's one of the biggest reasons why i mean this is a great example too of someone who may have not intended to become a legend or be famous or any of that but someone did just had a deep passion for what they did uh you know we can relate that, that to really all of us all, all of you listening right now i think it, when you're passionate about something that you're doing Maybe you don't have the intent on becoming legendary. Maybe you don't even care about that. You don't care about the fame. Some people do. I think I think a lot of people, even though they won't admit it, they they kind of do. They want to be known. Listen, guys, I'll tell you, I want to be, I don't need to be famous per se, but let me tell you how good it feels to me when I walk into a store or when I'm seen somewhere and somebody recognizes me from my music or from my YouTube channel. And albeit I'm a small character in the world, right? I'm a very tiny fish in a in a huge sea or many seas, but it does feel good to be recognized for what I do. Um, that feels really awesome. It makes me feel like, you know, a, a celebrity or something sometimes when people come up and say how much my videos helped them or, or they, they saw one of my videos and heard my music or whatever. So, uh, but Dante, I don't think maybe he didn't intend to become famous, but because he's so passionate or he was so passionate about what he was doing that, well, that just kind of, you know, brewed a life of its own. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, and Dante was inspired by Homer and Virgil and, you know, other ancient storytellers who, by the way, by Dante's time, they were already more than a thousand years old. <laughs> wow, dude. Wow. You know, you're talking about the ancient Greeks at this point. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, there are certain legends that carry an echo through time. And Dante was just another ripple in that. And, you know, those ripples, they grow far and wide from the source, right? You know, you make a big splash where you start and then those ripples, they carry out, right? Those that energy still flows like on a on a lake, you know, across a river, wherever. And that's going to uh, that's like the analogy of just just time and how it affects people down the line. Um, You know, people still feel the ripple effects from Dante uh, or still feel the ripple effects from Homer, for that matter. Um, that's, that's super important to recognize. And I think, you know, um, you know, I mean, you, you, you have certain moments in history where a lot of things like, uh, knowledge was, was either burned or, uh, it was, it was banned. And, uh, you know, you had, uh, you know, going either to like the Nazi regime where they were burning books, or you go to the library uh, of Alexandria where they burned down the entire library, the Romans, um, you know, that time period for the Christians who wanted to, you know, disavow anything that wasn't God uh, related or, you know, taking away all of the, uh, you know, study of, of different types of uh, religions because they thought they were the only religion that mattered. So it's just kind of interesting to see how all of these things really uh, influence each other uh, <laughs> and uh, how. You know, we're I'm influenced by Dante and Dante's influenced by Homer and I'm influenced by Homer through Dante and all of these connections that we have, this web of history. It's just just striking to me and it's beautiful. That's cool, man. That is cool, dude. Um, You know, one one of my uh, legendary characters in life, uh, I've got a couple, not too many, but uh, Joe Satriani, obviously, he's he's one of my legendary people. I consider well, you know, the reason I consider him a legend is because, um, and this is subjective, but I think his guitar playing is phenomenal. I think a lot of people do, but it's not for everyone. I get that. You know, we all have different tastes, but, uh, and again, this is very subjective, but I believe he's one of the few that can truly replace where the vocals are with his guitar. And I love the way he presents that. And he's, yes. he's very, you know, very much, uh, very creative creative right in that sense that he can come up with these really like some of the melodies are so simple ken some of the melodies are just and you listen it's like okay well this isn't like overly complicated but it goes to show you that it doesn't have to be he can take something simple and still make it into something very creative and beautiful uh he can do the technical stuff he can he can shred and all that stuff and he does from time to time i think a little a little less these days than he did in his earlier days but um you know, he's a legend in, in my eyes because he's just so creative and his music to me is so captivating. Now, let me move on to one more. Uh, actually, I got two more. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, both <laughs> both icons, both legends to me. But I'll touch briefly on Arnold. You know, I, I've, I've read several books. I've got his book, My Un- Unbelievable True Life Story, and I just watched his recent documentary. Uh, but I'm very well versed in Arnold's life, or at least what he's put out there for us to read and, and listen to. Um, you know, he came from nothing from Austria. You know, he didn't have uh, the luxury of growing up in a place like America. 
and I know we have our problems here like anywhere, but we don't have near as many problems as some other countries have. And during the time Arnold was growing up in Austria during the Nazi regime, well, that dude, that had to have been an extra difficult time, but he made his way over here. He still pursued bodybuilding. He loved it. Um, what I love about Arnold though, like he's, he's been successful just about everything in bodybuilding and acting and investing. He was, he had his own, like, you know, book order business at one point with those programs wow. and such. And, and of course, politics, there's so many things the man has done with his life. Um, but in any case, though, he came over here with nothing, but he will tell you that I'm not a self-made man. I'm not a self-made person like some people will believe. He admits that if it weren't for Joe Weider, who was the popular icon in bodybuilding at that time, he was like, you know, the father of bodybuilding. If it weren't for Joe Weider seeing that special thing in him and bringing him over and giving him that chance, right? He may have never been, he, he may have never become what he had became. Uh, but he took that chance and he just went all in, man. You know, I, I heard him talking about how he would visualize what he wanted. He would visualize it. Right. And it's like, okay, well, that mountain is way over there, but I just got to make a path to get there. And he just did it. You know, it's kind of what we talked about on our last podcast you know, when things are important to you, like if your music's that important to you, if being a musician, whether it's full time or starting a band, whatever it is, if that's your goal and if you want it bad enough, you will have to find that way. But I'll back up. I won't say you find the way. What I will say is that you have to create that way. Guys, that yeah. is very important. I'll say it again. Don't find a way, create a way that's what you need to do okay look at life as you're creating the way it's not there oftentimes it's not there you know you can follow the success path of someone else to the t and still not get anywhere near their results that's because things change and we're going to talk about adapting to change in, in a few minutes here but things change right the world changes and everything every situation every circumstance is individualized everything is unique so you have to create your own path. You can learn from people. I hope that you guys learn from Ken and I. You learn from us. You learn from Metal Mastermind. Uh, you can you can take bits and pieces from others. I I try to read uh, a couple books a month. Sometimes I don't make it that far, but but like a book, you might not you might not use every single word of that book. That might not apply to you. Actually, probably maybe. Be only 20% of the book applies to you, maybe even 10%, but there might be that one, two, or three golden nuggets that you get out of that 300-page book that will change your life, that will help you change your life, that will help you create that path. It's like, okay, I read this book, but these two things I learned, wow, they speak to me. I'm going to implement these in my own way, and I'm going to create my own path. Yeah, perspective is super important. It's uh, how you tackle the world. It's the attitude you go in every day and, you know, make things happen for whatever it is that's going to happen that day. I mean, you need to really uh, consider that your life is all the choices that you made and all of the emotions that you're feeling right now is a result of how you've decided to go about your life. Right. And, you know, it's, sometimes that's not always the easiest thing to hear because everybody you know, maybe in a situation where they felt like they weren't necessarily in control of that. But I think really what I'm trying to say is that there are so many things that happen that 
lead to another. And again, this comes back to why did, you know, Homer influence Dante? I mean, there was a se- sequence of events that Homer had to do. Uh, and then people passed that information along to <laughs> finally Dante, finally to someone like me who's, you know, doing my own thing. Um, and all of this is here, you know, and I, I don't control anything about Dante, but I am encapsulated by his influence. And what I do around my time is is all based upon that as a foundation. So if Dante never existed, obviously, I would have never probably done the story that I'm making right now. You know, um, it's that it's that important to kind of think how wide everything is connected to each other, even throughout time. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's fascinating. And, you know, when you are in the mindset of not just, uh, you know, being so uh, of a victim of circumstance, uh, life is more beautiful that way, where you can really shape it as you want to. And I, I firmly believe that you can. Um, yes, life does happen, because I think just like uh, Dante and Homer influencing me just happened. <laughs> there are um, certain things that you do have control over that are on your sort of layer of influence. And I think this is an important kind of concept and how big our layer or circle of influence becomes based upon uh, what we do. And that influence grows, you know, when I became a, t- a teacher, my influence grew like tenfold from what I was doing before. Um, doing Middle Mastermind does that even more for me. And I think when you're uh, talking about people that have a lot of influence, like uh, a Satriani or a John Petrucci or something like that, uh, those guys, their circle of influence has grown considerably larger than a majority of people. And their light shines bright, you know, it's a, it's a beacon and uh, it becomes a, a, a reference for people. And so I think when you're talking about becoming a legend, I think the legend becomes the reference. Uh, it, it's, it's what people aspire to be. Um, it is the foundation for all other influential circles. That's what I think being a legend is. It's your <laughs> it, to to put it in the way of James Bond, you're kind of like the man's man. You know, it's uh, oh, yeah. it, it's 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 tremendous. Well, you know, it, we've heard that, uh, and I can't remember who we heard this from. You and I both, maybe it was from Leah McHenry or CJ, the metal motivator. But you know, we are standing on the shoulders of giants. Now, yeah. we are standing on those shoulders if we choose to stand on them. You know, we talked about this in just the the last podcast we had on making the decision to either do the blame game and play the victim in life and woe is me versus doing what you need to do no matter what to make it. Uh, you know, we just talked about, too, about having control over your life. So I, I believe that we have complete control over everything in our lives. Now, I, I say that with a caveat of even the things that happen in life that you can't control like if if you live in a storm area, you can't control that storm, that hurricane or tornado. That's just one example. Uh, I live in Florida. There are a lot of sinkholes here. I mean, God forbid that ever happened, but there's no way I can control that. However, 
I can control how I react to those things. Somebody just cut you off in traffic, right? Well, you had <laughs> you had no control over that person being an idiot and cutting you off in traffic. However, you do have complete control over whether you're not whether or not you decide to get upset at that person and carry that anger for the next hour, six hours, and even over into the next day, or if you just nip it right there and it's like, you know what? Okay, I'm glad an accident didn't result because of what that person just did. I'm going to go about my day now. You control that. You control how you react to that, right? So I, I think that's part of what makes these people legends is how they chose to react to things that happened in their life. Uh, Dante, in in your case, Ken, obviously didn't have it easy. A lot was going against them. You know, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he had his fair share of challenges. I mean, he's going for Mr. Olympia. You know, he's got a lot of people going up against him, right? Getting into right. the acting world with a weird accent. Both him and Sylvester Stallone, you know, had some some voice issues, whether it was the accent or the slurring or whatever, right? They both had challenges, disadvantages, right? Which could have turned into reasons why, well, I'm never going to be an actor. I've got this disadvantage. Well, instead of doing that, they reacted a different way or they, they, they chose to act a different way. It's like, you know what? I'm going to go for it anyway. This is my dream. This is what I'm doing with my life. So I think that mentality is part of how, you know, you can be a legend. And even if you're not somebody famous per se, I believe you can still be your own legend in your own life. It, it to me, it kind of comes down to what do people remember about you? And it's not about the things that you had or the money that you you had or anything like that. It's always been like, you know, what memories did you create for people? And when you start to uh, expand your, uh, your that influence that I'm talking about, um, you start touching the lives of others without directly being there in front of them that's your circle of influence becoming you know your 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 reputation your notoriety uh and legends they 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 have that they they have a notoriety they have a a giant name that people look up to again like i mentioned the, this concept of being a reference for people uh that's what legends uh provide you know that's why they're an icon and that's why you you know you grow up and you listen to people like you know james hetfield and you are in, enormously uh, in, inspired by them and and their tone and you try to seek to get the same thing and because you haven't found your voice yet you know and that's part of the process um, nobody knows if they're going to be a legend or not you know from the get-go that's just not something that is told to you <laughs> it's 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 kind of funny to think that you know in certain periods of time um you know, people used to think that way, right? Like, um, like the Puritans, right? For example, they were deterministic. They thought that, you know, people were already chosen to go to heaven in certain ways. And, you know, they were living a life, whether or not knowing or not that they were chosen to go to heaven. So some of them would have been, you know, doing everything right by the book, but, oh, you know, you, you, you just weren't in the books, uh, to go to heaven. So you're not going to go, <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> kind of insane how people have attributed like this concept of determinism um I, I i don't believe uh entirely in the things like uh law of attraction necessarily i do believe in certain concepts and how they pan out because of the actions that we do take i do think that our actions are the things that actually 
create and pave the road. You know, your ideas are one thing, but the tangible result of that is uh, your actions and what you do to actually make things, you know, better for others and and move uh, your life forward. So, uh, you know, those kinds of, uh, you know, like wishful thinkings of, uh, oh, you know, I want my life to be this way. And and you've mentioned people in the past about having visionaries, uh, vision boards, or, you know, just having constant visions of what they imagined their life to be. But that doesn't uh, that doesn't happen just by, you know, them just wishing for it. They actually, they, they, they cemented that in their strategy to make it happen. Um, even if they didn't know what necessarily was the next move for that, they're, they're either going on their gut, you know, they're going on intuition. Uh, those kinds of things are our guiding forces that, you know, when you say, trust your gut, there's a reason for it because, that's that's the thing that's your conscience right it's your it's your inner jiminy cricket i just watched pinocchio not too long ago so i'm thinking about jiminy cricket here but uh you you get the you get the point i always (laughs) love the name jiminy cricket i always thought this was a a cool name to have for a character (laughs) but i I, I get you on the law of attraction i I know there's some some concepts and, and beliefs and philosophies out there um i i believe i guess more along the lines that on a like a cause and effect if you act a certain way you are going to attract certain things into your life right uh or you're going to push away certain things and even certain people in your life so i believe in it in that sense and when we're talking about legends you know i do believe that that their mindset first of all and the actions they took and the chances more so than the action where this is an action right but but the risk that they took like you said ken they probably didn't know what every step was along the way. And that's where we get hung up a lot of times. We we don't know all the steps we need to take, so we just freeze and don't do anything. And we'll sit there and study and read and watch videos. And like, well, I, I got to have everything in place before I get started. I'm going to say, no, you don't. You just get started. You will figure right. things out along the way. We, we've said this many times before. Figure it out along the way, because if you wait until you have all the information that you need to get started, you will never get started. And by that time, it will be too late. And if you don't have enough raw determination to just make that move, to take that risk, if you want to call it a leap of faith, call it that, uh, believing in yourself. It's like, you know what? I'm going to take this step. I'm uncomfortable. It's unknown territory, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I believe things will work out for you, right? I don't think that uh, this means everything's going to be a bed of roses. That's a cool Bon Jovi song, by the way. Kind of slow, but anyway. <laughs> doesn't mean everything's going to work out the way you want it to, but I am a firm believer that if you have pure intentions and you go for it, I believe eventually you force the universe to work in your favor. I, I, I strongly believe that. I think people give up way too soon. They say, well, it's just not working. You don't know what's around the corner. I think if you keep pushing yourself, you know, and your goal may not to be your goal may not uh, may not be to become a legend. Right. But I think inadvertently you become one kind of like Dante inadvertently became one. Right. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I kind of have a feeling well, he, he wanted to be a legend, but his goal wasn't to be a legend. His goal was to to be the top bodybuilder. Right. That was his first goal. He didn't really, I don't think he cared about like, well, I'm going to be a legend. Everybody's going to remember me, you know, and and all this stuff's going to happen years later. 
that was his goal to step on the Olympia stage and take home that title. He did that multiple times. Once he completed that goal, and this is what I love about Arnold so much, is that uh, he had another goal after that. It's like, okay, I did this. I've conquered bodybuilding. You know, and I think in the midst of that, he he started getting into investments and that sort of thing, buying apartment buildings and such, right? Building right. his portfolio. But, uh, you know, a wise thing for someone with money. But then after that, it's like, well, I want to step on stage. I want to act. So he started getting into that, you know, and once once he got so far into that, well, I've conquered that. What's next? And I think politics became next and so forth. But, you know, I think that you just had to be willing to put in the work and believe in yourself and take that step forward, take the risk. Cause you know what? There's an even greater risk or at least just as great of a risk in not taking that step. Right. Absolutely. There's a risk either way. So what, which consequence do you want? Right. Which potential consequence do you want? Do you want to be 80, 90 years old looking back and like, man, you know, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have taken that chance now. Well, guess what? It's probably too late at that point. Right. So I think that's what's, that's what makes a legend is they're willing to take those chances and not look back and, and really have that confidence, even when you don't have confidence, because <laughs> there are plenty of times I don't have confidence, but I just go do it anyway, you know? Uh, yep. And I think you just have to have that mentality, man. You can just push through and uh, you can, you know, it, whether you become famous or not, I don't know how relevant that is, but you can become a legend in your own life. And you know what I mean by that, Ken, and everyone listening is that, you have to understand that even if you're not famous, you're impacting someone, guys. Every every move that you make, everything that you do, it matters because you're having an impact on someone. Uh, if you're doing great things with your life or at least attempting to, you are having an influence on someone. Someone is looking at you, and that can mean <laughs> – that that can mean the world to someone else to see you doing something and, and to be impacted by you and to be influenced by you, that it changes their life for the better. And I believe when these things trickle down like that, it, it makes the world a little bit better of a place. Yeah. Wise words, man. You're 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 dead on with that. And you're I think legends are um ways for us to remind ourselves that life is not something that is always creating situations for us. It's, it's also situations that we can create for ourselves and control our lives in the ways that we seek. You know, you may not necessarily go to the degree of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you know, Arnold's, you know, uh, his, his determinism may inspire you to continue to finish what you started, you know, in the smallest of ways, you know, maybe it's like you felt more, more badass today because you thought about the Terminator and uh, it gave you that, that extra boost of confidence because you wore a jacket that maybe reminded you of Arnold in his scenes, you know, or something like that. You know, like, I love, I love the idea that, you know, legends and legendary people are ways of looking at life through hope. <laughs> and um that's why i always i i i i said uh, in the beginning of this podcast how we we sometimes don't look at legends as people you know they're they're these like figures they're 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 like almost things <laughs> that they're ideals they're they're more than just people um and so when you meet somebody who is so influential um 
I mean, that's why people get starstruck, right? Because they're just like, oh my gosh, like this guy's an actual person, like a, a real life thing that I can physically touch. Um, I had the pleasure when I was on Good Morning America to meet a lot of these kinds of people. And, um, you know, you quickly realize that they're just like you. <laughs> they really are. Some of them are a little bit more, you know, in a bubble with certain things. But sure, sure, yeah. um, I mean, that's just kind of to be expected when you're at a level like that. Right. Um, when you become so influential there, it's hard to be grounded to the reality of others <laughs> because things are just not normal for you. Right, so right. yeah. Yeah. Your world is definitely different. And, um, you know, that's that's why I think it's important to to remember your roots. And that's why people say them, you know, like know where you come from. Remember who helped you along the way. Uplift those who are, uh, you know, coming after you and, and, you know, give them the opportunities that you had or, you know, those types of goodwill measures where. Um, that's one of the reasons why I love teaching. It, it becomes something that is holistic um, and worldly, and it has a sense of community that is bigger than me. You know, I'm not a legend per se, like an Arnold, but you know what? In my domain, it's it's good enough for the amount of influence that I can impart on my students. And that is what's important. It's, it's am I am I am I spreading the message that I want to spread? Um, you know, and you see over time how that grows. And when you influence people, people remember. They have those memories. And uh, I remember one of the my students. He was like, "Oh, oh, you're one of those kinds of teachers." I said, "What do you mean those kind of teachers?" <laughs> and he goes, "Like you're the ones that people remember." I was like. I appreciate that. Man. That, that was awesome very, thing very here, kind. Man. It was yeah, very, was very kind. Um, and so, yeah, it, it, it's that's how you know you're you're on the right path. When people do remember you for for the good things in life, um, you 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 want to just keep doing that. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah, and that brings us to being adaptable, adaptable to change. I remember uh, when I was in my corporate job. This is you know over three years ago, but one of the leaders uh, who I was under her organization at one time you know, she was talking about sure. success and she said the two things that, that will make you successful in her eyes, uh, was being adaptable to change. And secondly, just what you said, Ken, being memorable, being that type of person, that type of influence that, that someone is going to remember, maybe it's not the masses, but maybe it's just a few people that you influence so much that it changed their life in a way that they're doing great things with their life. And again, that changes the world. That's you, you don't change the world by the masses, right? You change one person at a time or you don't change them, but you help them change for the better. You help them become better versions of themselves. And I think a big part of being a legend and then of course becoming a legend, being that legend in your own life is while you don't want to compromise on your vision, right? You don't want to compromise on that. But you also have to be adaptable to changes that are happening. These are those things that we talked about that are out of your control. The world, it's spinning, right? It is constantly changing in every way, shape, and form. Your values don't change. Your vision doesn't change, right, that you have for your life. But the elements around you are changing. So you have to be able to adapt. 
you have to be able to pivot appropriately, right? When these changes, when these things are coming into your life. And like we said earlier, Ken and everyone, you know, you choose the way you react to certain things. Even the most unspeakable things could happen to you, right? Hopefully they don't. Hopefully great things happen to you. But we all have uh, those unfortunate events in life. You still have complete 100% control over the way you react to those things. And that's going to determine your next step. That's going to determine how you take that next step. If you take that next step, it's going to determine what you become, right? So being adaptable to changes in your life and and it happen around you, I think that's a crucial part as well. Become the Pied Piper of your destiny, my friend. You know That's about true. the story of the Pied Piper, right? I, I do from Dave Mustaine's song yeah. from making that song, right? <laughs> Symphony of I was just about to say, just listen I remember to James, Dave Mustaine. <laughs> I remember the, I remember the, the video of James Hetfield. You know, I, I love rivalries because like I was talking about Arnold uh, real quick. You know, he was he was one of my heroes, still is. And Sylvester Stallone, I, I should have talked about him a lot more, maybe in a different show. Uh, but I, I'm just as much of a fan of of Stallone as I am Schwarzenegger well they were they were rivalries back then uh because they were kind of competing against one another and you had the same thing with James Hetfield and and Dave Mustaine and I remember when they played uh Symphony of Destruction James listened to it it's on some video it's probably on YouTube somewhere he's like oh Pied Piper he's like yeah I I just can't get into that man (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious oh my gosh yeah and the drama amongst famous people gets kind of crazy man yeah, it uh, it, it, it's just kind of wild that uh, that uh, do you think dave still has any angst against jeff james I mean, james, um, james james yeah. yeah you know it's funny over the years like i remember my wife um when it came out she bought me some kind of monster in metallica's documentary and that was very interesting you know uh and dave was in that and yeah i, I think that i think it's hard to say, you know, but just watching interviews with Dave, uh, I'm so glad things worked out the way they did because I love Megadeth. I love Megadeth and Metallica equally. And you know what, Ken? I, I love a lot of bands who were influenced by both Megadeth and Metallica, or some were just inspired by Megadeth. You know, not everybody likes Metallica. Not everybody likes Megadeth. Some were just inspired by Metallica. So the things that, you know, this goes along with everything we've talked about today, you know, Metallica, both Metallica and Megadeth, whether you like them or not, it's irrelevant. It's the fact that they, they are musical legends in the metal community and they have inspired so many people, Mm -hmm. uh, so many other bands. So that on its own just, you know, speaks volumes. And that's exactly what we're talking about here. These bands went out there and created their own way they didn't find a way they created their way it's very important to understand guys you have to create your path we we say all the time uh on metal mastermind our theme is create your own sound don't mimic somebody else's right create your own it's theirs there within you uh but yeah i mean it's hard to say because i try to put myself in the mind of dave mustang just for a few seconds and and like, okay, I was kicked out of this band where I wrote a lot of the songs and solos and such for Kill 'Em All, their first album. And this this band goes on to become like really the most successful band in the history of heavy metal. <laughs> so, uh, mm-hmm. and I don't think I don't think the money upset him as much as what well, hey, I, you know, I was I was supposed to be part of this. This is my thing, you know, just as much as anyone else's. 
Um, so does he hold on to some of that? I, I would say like these days he, you know, and I can't speak for Dave. It's not like I personally know him, but I would say maybe not at all, or at least not near as much as he has over the years. Cause again, he he's created a very successful band and brand Megadeth. Right. I mean, that is, that is his, that is his, uh, his, his pride and joy. Yeah. It really is, man. You know, it's his creation. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, a, that's a fair answer. Um, you know, I, I don't think Dave wastes much of his time cursing at Metallica anymore. <laughs> can we, can we go back to some, but this, this is a very good example guys of again, adapting to change. So let's go back to this scenario. Imagine yourself, close your eyes for a second. Don't do it if you're driving, but, uh, just imagine yourself in this heavy metal band, right? And you help write some of the songs. You're a part of it and you get booted out of that band and that band starts to become really successful and well-known. You got two choices, right? You can fold and you can just play the victim and, and get all upset and like, oh, well, that, that was my shot. Or you can go out and create Megadeth. Dave yeah. Mustaine adapted to an unfortunate event that happened in his life. Now, he was still pissed off about it. Look, you can have whatever emotion you want to about the event. But the action that you take, the mentality that you have that, that drives that action to move you forward rather than playing the victim, well, that's going to determine your outcome for your life. You know, these events, life's circumstances, they don't have any emotion. They don't care that we're upset or hurt or feel cheated, right? They don't, the circumstance itself doesn't care about that. It's emotionless. It's like a robot, right? Of course, yeah. I think we're building robots with emotions these days. Who knows? Uh, I swear that's going <laughs> to take us. That's, that's the next course of, uh, I don't want to say humanity, but the next, uh, who knows? So that's, a, that's a story in itself. Too many movies have been, books have been made about it. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like Dave, Dave Mustaine had the choice to play the victim and just waller in his pity and, oh, woe is me. Or I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to create something on my own. So he took that energy. He took that, that anger and he turned it into something really, really beautiful. I mean, Megadeth is just an amazing, uh, an amazing entity, you know. And you know what better way than to leave it at that? I mean, Dave is as a legend to metalheads, a great example of adapting to change and still fulfilling his destiny. Bravo to him. Yeah. So uh, as we wrap things up here, um, you know, we just started last week. And um, Ken, we didn't even talk about this prior to the podcast, we, but we started our uh, our song of the week last week, man. So do you have a song of the week that you'd like to share, a metal song of the week? Yeah, um, I usually, uh, every now and then, I hit up this band called Inferi on Ooh. my Apple Music playlist. And it's uh, a song called Heirs of the Descent. I find their uh, sound to be very, very, very heavy um with a lot of that technical death metal influence in their solos uh, i just love things that have a bit of a classical sound to them like uh with with with, with the melodic structure and you know if you guys haven't checked out my my course on metal music theory it's something that i love and passionate about so um but yeah i love technical music and and in fairy is a great example of doing that uh airs of the descent is the song the uh album is called vile genesis very good stuff okay cool man that's awesome awesome dude yeah check that out guys uh my song 
of the week here is by a band called Delane. I'm a huge Delane fan. I saw them open for Nightwish when I first saw Nightwish perform. This is probably back in 2000. I want to say 15, 16, something like that. It was in, in Orlando, Florida. I go into this. Um, they were out in, uh, what was it? The House of Blues in Orlando. Walk in, I hear this opening band, and they just sounded phenomenal. I'm like, who is this? And I found out it was Delane. I'm like, wow. So I started listening to them. So my song of the week is by them. Um, it's a song uh, called, um, and I forget the name of it. The Mind is a Horrible Thing. It's off of their, uh, I hate the name of this album. I'm sorry, but it's, it's off of their Apocalypse and Chill album. <laughs> and the song is uh, the song is called Chemical Redemption. This is one of the songs when it comes on, it's just uh, it's just captivating. There's something with the progressions of the song. The vocals uh, are just phenomenal. And this song here is just so cool. Now, real quick, a little history. So this is actually with their prior lineup. Uh, oh, Delane wow. has a new album out, uh, 2023. This year, um, they released uh, an album called Dark Waters. Uh, with a new singer, Diana Leah, on vocals, and um, and they've got a, a new lineup all together. I don't know all the details of what happened with the old lineup. Uh, Timo, uh, he was the old guitarist in Delane for a while. I actually met him at a show I, just briefly. It was a really bad picture that we got together because it was really dark and couldn't see anything. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I like the old lineup. I love the old lineup, but I like the new one, too. Um, and actually I'm, I'm, I'm kind of buddies with Sanders, the drummer for Delane. He, he played drums for Delane, I think back before 2014. And now he's back with Delane again, you know, Delane started out, uh, from my understanding as just a project. I, I don't know that it was ever intended to be a live, you know, playing live and that sort of thing. Maybe that was the intent, but it was, it was just a project that had started out and it kind of just grew, kind of just like blew up in a good way. So anyway, Chemical Redemption, though, I love that song off the Apocalypse and Chill album. I'm just not a fan of the, of the uh, title of that album, but whatever. It's <laughs> not my album. So, But it's a great album. That's the thing. Like you look at the cover, I look at the cover of it and, and look at the name of it. And I'm like, eh, it's probably not something I'm going to like. What did you guys do, Delane? But it's might be one of my favorite albums. I do like, and I don't mean to like you know go on about this but i'm doing it anyway <laughs> i do like the dark waters album as well their latest album i love their new vocalists and, and new lineup as well so anyway that's the song that's the band uh guys thank you so much for listening we appreciate you being a part of metal mastermind remember to head over to metalmastermind.com check out our courses you know ken mentioned earlier his music theory course uh ken you created this course he created this we're actually starting to put some some helpful tips on music theory uh, me, I just look pretty and play guitar for these videos because I, I don't know much about theory, but I've dug into <laughs> Ken's course a little bit, learning some, you know, through Ken. Uh, but Ken is the master at music theory. He has a great way of explaining this uh, and how, you know, how that translates over into metal music. So I love love the way he breaks that down. So check that out. It's a great course called Metal Music Theory on MetalMastermind.com. We've got other courses on there as well. Guitar courses. We've got a vocal course. We've got our songwriting course and several others. More coming down the pipeline as well. So check those out at metalmastermind.com. Guys, thank you. Until next time, as always, create your own sound.